Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast, a show by estranged kids for estranged kids. We are here to share stories about healing from childhood trauma, often undiscovered until later in life. When I had my own waking, awakening experience a few years ago and discovered others going through what I'd been through, it was the first time I felt less alone, the first time I felt really understood, the first time I felt that empowering validation that we're not the crazy ones. Today, to share their story with us, we are joined by Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me today. Let's get started with your gender identity, and where was it that you grew up? Sure. I identify as she, her, and I grew up in the Lower Mainland, or the Pacific Northwest. In Canada? Correct. Wonderful. Let's get into when you first realized about your childhood trauma. How, how old were you when you had that realization, and what was it like? Was it a sudden experience or, or more gradual? Uh, well, I have two separate realizations, one that came from my mother, one that came from my father, and a different name. So, um, with Heather, I realized at 18 that it was no longer sustainable to live with her, but I didn't fully understand the trauma until I was approximately 30. And with Will... Um, there was uh, a lot of enmeshment and codependency that was created through financial abuse um, that I didn't truly see until I was about 37, 30, no, 36. Mm-hmm. I, I see you're referring to your, your well, them uh, by their first names, which is something I do too, actually, when I'm, when I'm speaking to myself you know, about my narcissist mother from whom I'm estranged, I, I don't use the titles anymore. I don't refer to her as mom anymore, like I did my whole life. I refer to her by her first name. And if ever you know, I was to speak with her again or with anyone about her, it would be, be with that. It's just, it just seems like one of those things that like, we don't even... It, it's not like someone said to me, you should start doing this. It just felt natural to me to do that. And I see that you're doing that too. It's just, it's, it's like part of it. It was almost like swearing to call them by those titles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels because they they do not represent those things in my life, and they will never. So, there was a period of your life where you, much of your life, then would you say that you were unaware of your trauma when you were when you were younger, when you were growing up, and. Then there was a period, and now, and now that's not the case. There, there's been that change from not knowing about it, a period of denial, to self-awareness now. Absolutely, and I, I believe that it took uh, worldview and having different experiences outside of their home to really help me understand the dysfunction that was normalized. Um, for mm-hmm. example, I was given the silent treatment. I was parenthified. And I had uh, covert sexual assaults that happened throughout my childhood. Um, And I believe that actually both of my parents are narcissists, which is highly unusual. Um, Are they still married? Are they they together still? Are they married? Or what's that situation? No, and that's a, a convoluted story as well, because they got divorced when I was six. They got back together when I was seven. 
and they finally separated for good when I was 18 and they fought every day in between. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's, uh, <laughs> not healthy. Uh, and, and, and something that, that stood out to me was when you mentioned about worldview. And I, I feel like a lot of times that's an important element. Like when, when I'm talking to people about this and we're talking about the story and the realization of the childhood trauma and the change, it feels like oftentimes there needs to be something external. <clears throat> there needs to be, and in your case, you know, getting out of the environment you were in. For me, it was at a certain time in my life, someone outside of me, a friend, made an observation. You know, I think this, and that was what led me to the realization. But I, I just feel like having that nudge is important because you know we're so into the denial. You know, we've built up this over the course of you know a lifetime, this armor, you know, this resistance to accepting it that it takes a push. Mm -hmm. I feel like you need to be, it needs to be the right place, you know, the right, the right situation and then have that right sort of nudge from externally to, to wake you up. It seems like. Well, you are fighting your every instinct to not engage with your mother as, as primal humans. Right. We are programmed to need maternal and paternal help. Right. And not just programming, and, but societal reinforcement, too. You know, the taboo, oh, she's your only mother. you got to forgive. You know, it's not, it's that and the society. Absolutely. It's so hard to break from that. Absolutely. And so fighting an instinct takes a lot of conscious thought and awareness and willingness to kind of grind the train to a on the track that's on with the squealing and the sparks and, you know, the crooked cars that come to a stop finally. Right. And, and, and friends and people you care about saying, oh, you shouldn't do this. You know, you should forget. You know, there's you know, still mm -hmm. that pressure. And, and, and that's part of the reason why when, when I'm dealing with my estrangement issues on my Facebook, for example, I don't post that stuff on my regular Facebook anymore. Because when I post it out there to just sort of normal people, you get that reaction. It's like, oh, you know, you got to forgive. And I'm sure she did the mm -hmm. best they could because they don't know. They don't understand. They don't have the experience. So now when I'm feeling that, I only put that in support groups. I only put that in environments where I know these are the people who get it. And they're not going to try to invalidate me and say, oh, you, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I'm here with you. You know, that, that's been so important to yeah. me is to find that support. Well, and to be honest, the validation is is huge I know in the support group that we're part of mutually, um, that's where I found a lot of validation, just reading through so many stories that held a similar vein of just abuse and complete mistreatment. Mm -hmm. and right. I could never. There's a, I, I love ridiculous 90s movie quotes. <laughs> so there's a couple that I've pulled from my life that I carry with me. And uh, some of them are intense and some of them are silly. But uh, the one that rings true for me are my grounding words. And that's what helps me through all of those ridiculous moments. Um, and those come from Mr. Miyagi. I don't know if you're familiar with the Karate Kid movies. Oh, of course. Of course. Thank you. We speak the same language. Um, so this is from the, the fourth Karate Kid movie with the female actress, Hilary Swank. Right. Hil and Oscar winner, Hilary Swank, by the way. Absolutely. And he says to her at some point, um, the only thing you need to remember when you're angry is the sun is warm and the grass is green. And then he walks away. And she's like, but what? 
So I didn't understand how helpful that would be to me as a growing young adult who had nothing to go on for a good example. I grew up in complete dysfunction. It was always about competition and tit for tat and everything came with strings. And so much was covert as well. Like because Heather did something, Will would then retaliate by hurting us. Was it, do you have siblings by the way? I do. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Are there any sort of roles that are being filled in terms of golden child, scapegoat? Is there any of that sort of oh, dynamic? Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. Completely. The, the internal family system. Who's the golden child? <laughs> needs to... Who's the golden child? Um, I would say my younger brother, simply because um, he's kind of skated under the radar with... Um, huge life events that cause upheaval. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, so, my brother's a golden child as well, so uh yeah, I know what it means to be on the on the outside of that. But um uh, but I also feel like him and I are um our business isn't done yet even though we're estranged because He's just starting his realization path and journey that Heather's a narcissist. So there's a lot of trauma that he needs to explore on his own. And it's now is not the time for us to reconnect, but we will in the future again, I'm sure. That's, um, that's a hopeful But yeah, I believe that Heather's capacity to parent ended with my older sister. Right, 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 right. As we get closer to wrapping up, Rachel, let's close mm-hmm. on an up note. Let's close on an up note. Let's close on uh, something sure. positive. Uh, and it sounds like, frankly, you sound terrific, by the way. I, I just want to say, I mean, talking about all this, you sound like just, you know, like you're really on top of it and, and have a very firm idea of everything is right in the universe now. Uh, what is something, uh, a I specific example, <laughs> an example from of a positive thing from your recovery, something that is better in your life now, some kind of growth or healing that you've experienced as as a result of realizing about this trauma? Oh, my goodness, everything. I have gone back to school and become certified doing what I love with people. I'm working every day towards doing more of that. So, um, Is this a career, ch- this is a career change then? Knows- this is a difference then? Uh, this is something that you've got a new direction for you then as, as a result? Well, I never thought I was good enough to be a counselor. Where have um, I heard that? And I've been a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. Right? <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've heard that saying, um, saying that to myself in the mirror every day of my whole life till recently. So anyways, please continue about your new direction. Please pursue whatever urges are turning you away from becoming a counselor. It's one of the best things I ever did for myself. Not only did it give me a framework to work on my own stuff, but I was looking so hard for something to help me. And through that, I have wanted to help others with this process because it is lonely and it is so hard and it is so dark. That's that's that is wonderful, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much, really, for coming on 
and and sharing the story and 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 just the whole the whole curvature of your life is just you know I can just see this like curve you know just you know, exponentially going higher and higher that you just you sound so so wonderful. I'm really. so excited. <laughs> I just can't wait. Oh, wow, that is that is really heartwarming. Thank you so much for uh, coming on here today and sharing your story with us, Rachel. I hope we talk again real soon. Absolutely, Sean. Please, anytime. All right. And thank you for joining us. If you've taken something away from this, then please do support the show by sharing with your friends. The You Deserve Better podcast also has a Facebook group, so I would love to see you there. And by all means, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would like to be on the show, then please drop us a line at udbpodcastrules at gmail.com. I'll repeat that, udbpodcastrules at gmail. I am the other son. Until next time. Let them burn their eyes on you.